The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Welcome to the Marine and the Hippie. This is the Hippie speaking to you from Turkey. Today we're talking about inflation is a ruse here in season two, dialogue number 17. There's this new, this word out there and people are using it all over the place, whether it's in Turkey, in Russia, in the US, in Europe, and it is inflation. And what inflation is, is when the price of goods go up. And I think that it is all just fabricated crap. Because really what it is, is testing the waters to see what the customer is willing to pay, finding that new magic number of what they're willing to pay before rioting, and then making that the new normal of what we pay. And maybe that is just a cynical point of view, but it certainly feels like that because cars are still driving by, people are still smoking cigarettes, and people are still buying crap. Doc, what do you think? Well, I I agree on to some level on that. I think that inflation is entirely driven by the producer and the and the the dealer, if you will, or whoever, you know, whoever happens to be selling the stuff. It's not driven by increased wages. It's not driven by the fact that there's so much government stimulus j- dropped into the to the economy. I heard an interesting uh factoid, I guess, on the radio this morning while taking a shower as I listen to the radio and listen to economic news while taking a shower, because that's what people do. Uh, normal human beings do that, uh, I'm, I'm assured. Uh, at, but at any rate, the the wages have gone up in this country by something like, on average, okay, so this is overall, this is not every single individual's experience, but this is just on average. It's gone up by five, something like 5%. All right, so 5% is a pretty good wage growth. It's way more than we had during the long 20-year wage stagnation period that we experienced right before wages started raising, uh, before the pandemic and people stopped working or wanting to work. Um, so the wages have gone up 5%. Inflation has gone up 8%. So the gut, so the, the people who are making stuff are, are seeing there's 5% more money in the economy in general. I'm just going to raise prices, which means that people are automatically down by about 4, 4% on their buying power because producers and and people have have raised wages and here's another little factoid part of that 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 i found really interesting okay so food you can attribute food to supply chain issues whatever you know we're not we we have shortages of food because we decided we were going to go fight a proxy war against ukraine uh and so we put a bunch of sanctions on major food and oil producers that's that's sort of understandable from an economics perspective why are rents going up 23 percent why have rents in the last year increased 23%? And the reason is because landlords saw all the money in the economy and decided they're going to soak it up and put it into their own pockets. And I don't know like what, why they think they should get away with that, but it's not like the housing stock costs more money. It's not like it costs more money for them to maintain the same house that they've been maintaining for the last 20 years. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, you know, my landlord is a great landlord, but he doesn't put that much work into this place. He just collects the rent. Uh, and I, you know, it's his house, whatever he can do, whatever. But why is it the rents have gone up for 23% across the entire country when our wages have only gone up 5%? And it's because, you know, that, that, I think that particular thing right there is evidence of your thesis, Dylan, that it, that's the, the people who have the power are deciding that they're going to set a new normal and decide what we're willing to pay before we start killing rich people. And then, you know, they might dial it back two cents or whatever the case may be. 
you know, inflation, in, there is no deflation. The Fed isn't charged to deflate the the prices. So this is the new this is the new price, whatever it is. This is the new price for gas, five dollars or whatever, whatever it is. It's never going back down. And 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 why why do they do this? Because they can. And why can they? The landlords do this. The gas prices. The cigarette companies. Why? Because we buy it. <laughs> because if there wasn't a demand for rentals or demand for cigarettes or demand for gas or we just decided collectively one day not to pay any money into these systems then there might not be deflation but there certainly be some some signs saying caution caution the people are getting a little too restless the problem is the people who can afford it don't ever stop it's the people who can't afford it that wind up on the street that that add to our growing homeless population. Which leads me to a nice segue to, well, how do you create a mass shooter? Well, you create mass shooters and killers and people who go nuts when a society is deemed to supposed to be fair and normal blokes wake up one day and realize the shit ain't fair. Because I'm going to make an assumption here. I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I'm going to assume that most of the people who wake up one day on a, let's say on a Monday at four o'clock in the afternoon or, you know, wake up on Monday at like six o'clock or seven in the morning and say, hmm, today's a good day to go kill some of my fellow people on the planet are doing so because they've snapped and they've snapped because they realize how unfair life really is. And it seems like in some ways... A very healthy response, logically. It's a very unhealthy response uh, towards society when they act out. But it's a healthy response because there's nowhere to go when you realize that life isn't fair. You know, I was talking to a, a, a customer or a client of mine today. And one of the things is he is a Gen X. I'm a Gen X. Doc, Doc is a Gen X. And I said, how do you communicate well with with millennials? Because you want to move up the corporate ladder. That means that you're going to have to deal with more millennials. And he, he didn't really get the question until we, we delved. And when we delved and we jumped into this idea, what we have to realize is that the millennials have a really hard life ahead of them. They have, they're inheriting a planet that's fucking destroyed. They're inheriting um, a housing market in which they can't afford anything. And as we've just shown, the prices are going to continue to rise. So they're kind of forced out of the market. And we we expect them to leave like happy, chill lives and be like, oh, yeah, it's no problem. It is a problem. And when we come back, we'll continue um, with Dialogue 2, Episode 17. Inflation is a root. Is it on Marine and the Hippie? Hey, this is Dylan with The Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Marine and the Hippie. This is Dialogue number 17 uh, from Season 2. And uh, I'm here with Dylan today, and we're talking about fairness. Is inflation a ruse? Uh, specifically, uh, as re- with regard to fairness, uh, I once had a, uh, an opportunity to write a little bit about this uh, question of fairness. What is fairness? When we say fairness, a lot of people have this idea of fairness as this thing goes my way. I mean, it goes my way as often as it goes someone else's way. That's that's one concept of fairness. There's another concept of fairness, which I think we don't embrace as a society, which we probably should actually start to think about. Uh, we can say society is fair to the degree that it's moderate. 
and like fair weather. You know, like you with fair weather, you don't have weather that's too sunny or too cloudy. You don't have weather that's too hot or too cold. You don't have it. It's not too uh, rainy, but it's not too dry. You know, it's fair. It's literally fair. In, in, it's in the middle. It's, fairness is moderation is another way to think of it. But we don't even have that in this society. So we need, have neither concept of moderation or like things going my way an equal relatively equal amount of time that they go someone else's way we think all of the the judges and juries in the country are rigged uh if they don't rule in our direction we also don't have any kind of concept of like a moderate solution to to problems which you know most people could live with because in one way or another a lot of people aren't interested in moderate solutions but but you know judges and juries themselves who are supposed to deliver fair judgments they come up with some really radical uh, judgment instead, Dylan. Yeah, and, and and the problem, though, is in a lot of ways, a lot of these issues are an American issue. Because in other places, including the two countries that I've spent the most time in the last two years, France and Turkey, there is a sense of, fair, of fairness, at least with prime commodities or prime purchases. What I mean by that is bread and water. <laughs> And not that, not that we only want to subsist on bread and water, but the price of bread and water is cheap. They keep, it is regulated by the state so that everybody can afford a loaf of bread and drink clean water. Plus, the two countries also have what socialized medicine, meaning that your tax dollars go to a baseline of healthcare, which again, brings me back to my other topic, which is people waking up deciding, hey, I want to kill. It doesn't like just happen out of nowhere. It happens over this feeling of unfairness. Because if I feel sick and I can see and I have a toothache and my next door neighbor has a toothache and are both are un unable to sleep. Well, if he has a million dollars, he can just go to a dentist and get it fixed. And if I have no money or I'm struggling, I just have to go out into my garage, if I have a garage, take out a screwdriver or grab a set of pliers and rip out my freaking tooth. Why? Because that's all that I can afford. And that shouldn't be all that I can afford in a just and fair society. Because what is fair is that we can both get the tooth fixed by a professional. Now, he might get a gold crown or a diamond veneer or veneers or fake teeth or anything, and I might just get it pulled, which is fine. But at least I get it pulled by a professional with Novocaine and the, sanitation. the appropriate <laughs> sanitation, and I get some antibiotics because that's a fair and just society. But we don't have that. What we have is the rich get what they want all the time, whenever they want, without a doubt, without a choice, without without change, and we get squat ass. Yeah, we literally, we literally, the the, the vast majority of the population, I would argue, are being slowly but surely strangled to death in this society, and. We need to, this is something we should, ought to pay attention to because as you create a permanent underclass, that permanent underclass starts, you know, losing any kind of semblance of, you know, wanting to play the game by the rules. Because if there's nothing in it for you, like think of this, if you, if you are uh, like uh, on a baseball team or something like that, and you realize that it's always, you're always going to lose. You're always going to lose the game, no matter what, because no, no matter what you do, it feels like the rules are set against you. Uh, you know, they they basically don't exist uh, to to 
you know, to help you out at all, or to even allow a, an honest game between individuals. And then when you do make some changes in the society, or you may, you know, boycott the game for a little while until they promise to change. And then you realize that no matter what, all of the refs in the game are basically, uh, basically have basically determined that all the calls will go against you. At some point, you st- Stop losing any kind of interest in playing the game. Or if you do want to play the game still, you're going to play it like a troll who uh, who exists just to screw the, the whole game over. You're not going to play by the rules at all. You're not even going to acknowledge the rules anymore. You're going to continue to do uh, whatever you want to do uh, or, or not play the game at all. Uh, and so right now what we're basically doing is living in a society where there's no incentive for people to continue to play by the rules anymore. Uh, you see that in our mass shooter events where people have decided that, that human life is expendable and they don't really care anymore. They're going to go out and commit as much violence as they possibly can. Or you see people sitting on the sidelines becoming depoliticized and disinterested in anything that goes on in society to the point where they're completely demobilized and t- completely demoralized. And then they're not even interested at all in, in continuing to play the game. So when we come back from this break, uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish up talking about fairness and the creation of mass shooters with inflation uh, here on Marine and the Hippie season two dialogue seventeen. You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. Uh, hello, everybody. You're listening to Marine and the Hippie, dialogue number 17 from season two. We're talking about fairness. We're talking about inflation. We're talking about mass shootings. Inflation, is it a ruse? Well, I think it probably is. I think we've come down to that solution. Before the break, we were talking about an analogy where if you are playing a game that you realize is all the rules and the refs are all set against you, you either lose interest in playing the game at all, or you decide to become a troll and start killing people on the on the football field. Dylan? And I think that that can be supported, and that is evident in in how we in how professional sports is viewed. We don't go to a professional sports match anymore to sit next to our neighbor and say, "Oh, you're a Broncos fan, and I'm a Raiders fan. Oh man, this is going to be the best game ever. Oh man, your team's doing really well. Hey, I'll bet you some beers or dinner tonight that whoever loses has to pay." No, instead we get into fights, literally, literally fist fights over. We literally get into this. We go in with the idea that this t- my team has to win because we're we're hyper fans. Well, we're not really hyper fans. We're like psychotic fans because we're willing to go and fight over this game that we're both supposed to love and watch and, and participate in. Just like we fight over every other stupid little thing that we fight over, whether it's whether it's sports, whether it's sexuality, whether it's gender, whether it's politics, whether it's this or that, instead of ever really understanding that, hey, we're both on the same team. You're a citizen. I'm a citizen. I'm an American. You're an American. You're a neighbor. I'm a neighbor. So maybe we should... We should be fighting against the people who are really making our lives unfair and unjust. And those aren't the refs on the field. Those aren't the players on the field. They're not the fans. They're the people in the boxes or the people who are watching the game from their yachts a million miles away. And I think I think probably part, probably part of the reason that we fight over everything like that, like how you described it, I think that's pretty accurate. It doesn't matter what it is. We're going to find a reason to fight over it, and the fights get really, really bitter. It's because of the fact that we've been denied a win, 
like a solid like feel good win like we know that we won this one it's not going to change it's not going to be taken away from us we've been denied that as a society for so long that it feels like any loss is like an existential threat to our existence and i get that i just finally dylan right now at this time 8 27 in the morning on the 13th of june in 2022 i finally get that we've been denied this we've been denied a sense that we've won anything for so long because we've been shit on as a society for so long and we've been abused for so long that every single loss feels like a personal slight it feels like oh well you know i lost the abortion debate that's the end of society the communists have taken over you know we, we, we joe biden is ruling from the communist left you hear these people say there's a guy on on the radio who was talking about the trump uh the trump trials or whatever going on in the congress and he doesn't like the way that the congress is doing it but he's okay with having a special investigator to do it from the republican side but the thing is is that he's basically saying hopefully we get a republican house of representatives in here because the biden administration is governing so far to the left that it that there's nothing in it for republicans i'm like really you know, he's governing so far from the left. How many companies has he has he even suggested we nationalize? He hasn't he doesn't even use that language. He comes out straight out. He said ninety percent of the stuff, ninety-five percent of the stuff Republicans, Democrats agree upon. So how far to the left is Joe Biden? And yet for these Republicans, they they feel like they've been shut out of the system for so long and legitimately not the people who make the laws, but the people that they serve have been shut out from the system for so long. So they pick a troll to be their like spokesman in Donald Trump. They vote for the guy. They love the guy because he's finally doing what they wish that they had the power to do, but they know they don't. The Democrats are the same way. If you say like anything, if you say, look, I, I'm not comfortable with, with transgender people around me. Like if you say that, all of a sudden, it's like a big existential threat because you're taking away the tiny little gains that they think that they've made. You're trying to take away any semblance of progress, and they take that as an existential threat. That becomes a real threat to the whole project, to the whole project, because they know just how fragile their quote-unquote victories have been over the last 20 years. Dylan? I mean, and using using your 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 mathematical analogy or statement about you know we agree on ninety five percent, Joe Biden. If that's the truth, then they they then whoever is doing it is doing a really good job at focus getting us to focus on that stupid five percent. Because imagine if America came together as Americans for America. With the idea of just saying, hey, some of this shit's just gotta freaking change. Like the price of bread, the price of insulin, medical, dental, mental health. Again, I don't give a fuck if somebody has a gun. I don't care how, because I don't think that we have an, I don't think America has a gun crisis. America has a mental health crisis. You would feel the same way if I had a thousand guns, a thousand cars, a thousand houses, a thousand blenders, a thousand sofas. You would be calling somebody to say, my neighbor's a fucking nut job, period. So if they're, if they have a crazy gun, they they have a an assault rifle so what and you know the thing is is that the democrats don't want you to say that there's a mental health crisis in this country because they think that they have made such gains at destigmatizing mental health in this country that they don't want you to blame it on mental health it that, that's that's just proof of the thesis right there that that's part of it the other part is they don't want to defund one of their biggest bread breadwinners which is the for profit healthcare which goes back to the, the the rise of inflation. If the if 
because if we didn't have to pay for healthcare, that would be a tax that we wouldn't have to pay for because that that is in fact a tax. It is not to the private sector. Insurance. Right? Yeah. 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 It's just a tax. And and so again, if if we stopped fighting in the middle and and joined joined at the hips and said, here's our baseline. We're gonna we're gonna let the fringes fight on the others on the outside. We're going to let the, the anti-transgenders and the trans fight on the outside because they represent such a small piece of the population. And we're going to focus on making sure that mental health care is available to all of them, including those groups, those fringe groups. We wouldn't have a mass shooting a day, period, because people would be getting care instead of, well, let, let, we, let's, let's, let's fight against something that's not worth fighting and so what we have in society right now is basically a conveyor belt of any wealth that you and i might be able to acquire into the pockets of the people that have most of the wealth anyway and that's what our society has become that's what it is from top to bottom that's all it is that's all anything is is a is a basically a scheme to make your money you worker you poor person, you middle class person, to make your money the money of the wealthy. And that's what it is. And they've run amok and there's nobody, nobody at the gates keeping them back anymore. And so that's why I think that's why we have a fucked up society. And that's why inflation is a ruse. You are we are all slaves to the to the wealthy. So until we remember and we join at the hips instead of hip check hip checking each other. They'll continue getting more and we'll continue having less. Thank you for listening to The Marine and the Hippie. Season 2, Dialogue 17, Inflation is the Ruse. This is The Hippie signing off. This is The Marine also signing off. And uh, thank you very much and have a good day. Ciao. Hey, this is Doc. And this is Dylan. And you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. For more information on The Marine... Follow Doc at Supernova underscore Earth on Twitter and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on The Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.